Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Transformation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within the community. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today's episode is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Running Collection, an eclectic ensemble of artists from all walks of life and disciplines. I mean, we're talking established to wannabe writers, actors, directors, artists, bloggers, vloggers, videographers, podcasters, journalists, producers, and editors who are passionate about creating content for running and entertainment purposes. Still, but more importantly, they inspire people to pursue a healthy lifestyle by helping them identify their purpose, maximize their potential accelerate their growth and continuing the cycle. In other words, they help people IMAC their life. So, if you've got some hidden talent and you're looking for a safe place to express, own, and display your talent, shoot them an email at the Behind the Wheel Morning Show at gmail.com. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner or know of an entrepreneur or small business owner looking to advertise in the Behind the Wheel podcast but weren't certain as to whether or not there was a possibility, we have eliminated all the guesswork. It certainly is a reality. Who's this we you're talking about? You know it's just you. I'm not going to go with we. We now have... We going with we? I think we're going to go with we. Let's try. We now have the ability for you to sponsor an episode. How cool is that? Your ad can run pre, mid, or post roll. Simply visit coffee.com forward slash BTW podcast. The details will be in the show notes. That's KO hyphen FI.com forward slash BTW podcast. And one of the cool things about coffee.com is it allows supporters of the show to buy me a cup of coffee. You all know I like coffee. So. Shout out to Latoya Shantae, Soul Inspired, Kimberly Hall, and Kim Isaiah. That's why I'm all hyped up on this coffee. Yo, could you flip the uh, the camera around? You you recognize that guy? Which way? This way? Yeah, turn it. Like that? Yeah, there we go. That way it fills up. You fill up the whole screen. Oh, got you. Who's this playing? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a song, I bet you. I bet you. <laughs> I, filmed that in, in, um, I filmed that video in Brazil. Oh, in okay. Yeah. Mm. And I know some brothers out there, and they took me to the to the hood. It's called Guaja X and, um, in Sao Paulo. And so we shot that video out there. So, okay. Oh, man, how you doing today? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Busy morning. I had a few Zoom. Uh, this is my third one, and mm. then and then I'll go go out and do some calisthenics, get a little workout in. 
I hear but you, man. It's been, it's been good. It's been good. Everything, you know, going towards everything that I'm doing and just kind of have a bunch of youth um, that are leading these protests in the city. So just kind of guiding them. What number are we up to now? I mean, last time I checked, it was like 63. What, what is- yeah, this is uh, probably uh, like 66. I think mm. it's gonna be, yeah. Okay. So, um, and then we we setting up a bunch of things like leading into um, you know March 9th is Mike Brown's um, anniversary of his death, and so leading into also 150 days of Breonna Taylor um, mm-hmm. murder. So we have different groups kind of like initiating different things that we're supporting. So okay, it's so, good. Let me, Malu, what is what 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 is that? What's the what's the meaning of that? So that came about because my, one of my favorite players, um, football players, is Troy Polumalu from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Um, and so he's a humanitarian. He's, you know, he's a beast on the field. But I basically got a uh, liking to his ways and how he moves as far as like giving back to the community and not taking um, credit for his skills and what he has, but actually making it bigger than just himself. And so I love that aspect of it. And also Roberto Clemente from Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. So still the, the whole um, uh, Pittsburgh um, influence mm-hmm. was from players. Like I just like took a liking to them being humanitarians and using their platforms. Now you grew up in, you, you, did, you didn't grow up in Pittsburgh though. No, no, no. I just, it's, uh, Clemente is Puerto Rican. So that's my connection. He's, uh-huh. um, he played in a team in Puerto Rico called the Sant- Santurce Cangrejos, and my, my family's from Santurce. So that's okay. how that's my connection to Clemente. It's a lot of Pittsburgh, man. Like you, Lower East Side yeah. in, in, in New York, and a lot of Pitt, you were the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, nah, it just so happened that my two favorite players that are humanitarians play for Pittsburgh teams. That's so what's that, up, man. that was my connection. All right, so you you originally from from New York City? Yeah, from the Lower East Side. Lower East Side. I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a New Yorkian, born and raised. New Yorkian. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like a term that they they gave us. Um, you know, we're from New York, but we mm-hmm. ourselves Puerto Rican, but we were caught in the middle. You okay. Know, you drink Spanish, coffee? Spanglish. Spanglish. You drink coffee? Yeah. yeah. So um, so this is a coffee a hundred and uh. Uh, this is the number 84 of 150 for the 150 year anniversary of El Grito de Lares, which was the revolt in Puerto Rico, which gained Puerto Rico's its independence. It was very short lived. Mm. But Lares is this flag here is the flag of Lares, which I have behind me. Well, yes, yeah, it. And so this is this is Cafe Lareño. So this is known as um, one of the best. Um, Coffees in Puerto Rico, that region, Lattice. Gotcha. So, so now that you say that, I have to like bring it what's out. That, what's that stuff hanging on? Is, like a, is that like a bear? Um, that, that, what kind of container is that you ha- in the back that the flags are hanging oh, on? Oh, so these are, these are called, yeah, these are called barillas. Yeah, they're barrels. They're um, barrels for bomba, for bomba y plena. So bomba is traditional um, music that um, in Puerto Rico that basically derived from Africa. And okay. the states brought it over. And so... We do like traditional bomba, bomba y plena. So um, I'm big in, in the uh, roots of, of Puerto Rican culture, um, um, native, um, our native music mm-hmm. uh, has always been um, in, entrenched in, in um, okay. African rhythms. And so it's a difference between congas and barrels. 
The gotcha. congas are used more like for salsa music, um, uh, barillas, but uh, the barrels are more for bumba. All right. All right, so we're going to get started because the reason I asked about the coffee, you know, it's a little, little warm up we get started. I do this routine just as an icebreaker. I usually ask people if you're, you know, you, if, you do, if you're a coffee drinker, you're a D&D or, or five bucks person. D&D is Dunkin' Donuts. Five bucks is, um, mm-hmm. five, you know, Starbucks or whatever. I don't really care mm-hmm. what you drink. I do, you know, just, just like an icebreaker so we can get to talking. I'll do a brief introduction and we'll jump right in and, and you know, it'll be on you. All right? Work. Work. Cool. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Bibiox, baby old D-Rock, D-Livingstone. Woo! Yo, and today we got a special guest. Yo, I came familiar with this individual. I went out to, uh, stopped down in New York City. Uh, it was at a, just after interviewing Coffee and was at, uh, at this rally. And one of the individuals speaking, you know, he's a native New Yorker. He had this big fro going on. You can tell that 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 he was a, a an inspirational figure in Coffee's life, and so I'm saying, well, I was inspired by Coffee, and I'm not talking about the beverage. Coffee, the individual, Coffee, saying, "Yo, this guy inspired me. You ought to check him out." And so this whole group run uh, experience and hearing this individual speak, I wanted to have him on the show. I, I approached him, you know, after Coffee said, "Yo, this this should be somebody you should interview." Reached out to him, busy individual. He graces us with his presence today. Give it up for Mr. Power Malu. How you doing today, sir? Peace and blessings. I feel great, brother. You know, doing the work. I'm out here. Yeah, man. You are definitely out there, man. I was just listening to some of your music, man. I bet on you. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 song, I bet you, is is basically I shot the video in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, my connection to Brazil, I traveled a couple of times out there with a legendary hip hop artist named Master Ace, and so Ace travels all around the world, and I've been fortunate to travel to a lot of these places with him. Mm-hmm. And so while I was out there, I connected with a few of the, the natives and the locals, and so we basically just started building. And it was a perfect opportunity for me to actually like shoot that video out there because the video speaks to um, about how people misinterpret or they they take the lyrics of these artists mm-hmm. that uh, come out and and they they feel like they these people really live that way. And I've always been an advocate of you know tell the truth you know and if it's art and that's what it is then share that with people because it's it's hard for the young people to to be able to um, decide for themselves what's real and what's not. And, yeah. and it's, it's our duty to kind of like do that. Mm. And that's what that song touches on. It's kind of like just calling out a lot of these, these uh, artists that, you know, portray these ways of living and, and they don't live that way. But the youth are the ones that actually, you know, get themselves in trouble. Jammed um, up, trying, yeah. to follow, trying to emulate those, those, those styles. Mm-mm. So for those people who don't know you, before we get into the interview, I got to know, man, are you a D&D man or are you a five bucks man? Uh, if that means like this. Coffee, like, yeah. Okay. Coffee. And yeah, it's um, I'm, this, I'm this person right here because Puerto Rico, unfortunately, was duped into, you know, thinking that they, they can't grow their own stuff. I don't know how that happened, but mm. you know, this country is very instrumental 
in tearing away people's culture and they've tried for a long time to suppress the people in Puerto Rico. And one thing that we used to have is the best coffee. It was known as, you know, the best coffee in the world at one time. And so we, we got to get back to that. So, so who, who makes that? This is a Café El Brito from uh, this area in Puerto Rico called Lares. Mm-hmm. El Brito Lares was the first successful, uh, only successful revolution in Puerto Rico where we actually gained our independence. It was short-lived. But this is the 150th year anniversary of El Grito de Lares, which is that revolution, that revolt that mm-hmm. happened when we were able to um, gain our independence um, from Spain. And unfortunately, uh, we've been a colony from of the United States since then. Mm. See what I mean? See, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's chock, chock full of, of info, man. This is like, it just oozes out of him. So tell people a little bit about yourself. I know you used to do some boxing with your dad. You know, yeah. let people know a little about who you are and how you got started on this road to running. So I'm an artist, athlete, activist. Um, ever since I was a teenager, about 14 years old, I was always an advocate of bringing community together. I was able to go to different neighborhoods, hang out with different people. And by default, maybe one of them had an issue with another one. And because I kind of knew both of them, I became like a mediator of sorts. And so ever since I was young, I've always found that as one of my passions was like bringing people together. And also the boys club allowed that because we were involved in a lot of sports, whether it's baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a boxing team. I wasn't part of the boxing team, but I, I knew a lot of people that were part of it. My dad was a professional boxer. He was actually um, under the tutelage of Customado, who was the one that founded Mike Tyson in Casco Mountains. But before that happened, Cus used to have a gym down here on 14th Street in New York City. It was called Gramercy Park Gym. Mm-hmm. And he had a boxing team. He had a team. And the team was called um, uh, uh, Empire Sports Club. So okay. Empire Sports Club was the name of their team. And they had everyone from Chevy Torres um, was part of the team. And, and they had a gym where now it's like a, it used to be a PC Richards, I think, and why you bought it out. But on 14th Street, there's a thing that says custom out of weight. So my dad used to take me to the gym, um, mm-hmm. watch him spar. He used to take me around the track in FDR Drive. I was about seven, six or seven years old and, and running around the track. I remember that. Um, and that's kind of like my first introduction to running. Was just running around that that track, okay. um, in the lower east side. Now you and you you're part you're you're a coach for for bridge runners, right? Yeah, so um, so you know we we call ourselves coaches, OGs. Um, you know, for the most part, the way this whole thing started was because I was introduced to running um, by my dad in that specific area in the lower east side on the FBR Drive East River track on mm-hmm. Sixth Street. I used to always go back there as a teenager. And then a little bit later on, I started um, doing some exercises there. And we did this thing where we would just ask people to come out and our friends and then our friends would tell other people. And then we just started doing like exercises, like drills, calisthenics, mm. plyometrics, just to kind of get stronger. And um, and then Mike Sace, the founder of Bridge Runners, used to come around with like about maybe six or seven people. This is before... It, it was like anything that anyone knew what it was. It was just people would hang yeah. out and get together. And we would do that every Tuesday. And so they became part of our exercise group. And then from there, they were meeting every Wednesday. And then we just like kind of meshed together. And then it just started growing from there. But we just like 
going out, running on the streets, running on bridges and just doing our thing. It's crazy, man. I mean, when you hear like the history of it and how yeah. like these run crews have, have popped up and started to like flourish all over the country. You yeah, know, we had it's all... a worldwide thing now. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah. And we never, you know, thought about it as that. We, we just started doing it because we didn't have um, a representation. We didn't see that we fit in as what they were considered. We looked like runners. We didn't look like runners, you know. We were urban. We were from the streets. And we just kind of like would invite people. And it was a way of us to just to connect and, and do something socially. And from there, yeah, the whole run crew thing started taking over, taking off because what we would always encourage is like, if you're from a different community, maybe you should start something like this in your community. Mm. So it was always about recruiting, always about, about bringing people out and just like everybody just like took a liking to how we moved and how it was like all inclusive, very supportive. And then that's how like, it continued to grow. Wow, that's, that's, you know, I, you're, I started running later on in life. It's not something that, you know, I picked up early on. Like we would run suicides or whatever, you know, it's part of, it's almost like punishment, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it was something we set out to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I started, it must have been like 10 years, I started running like in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, but so most of the time I would just go out by myself. But coming to this group run, like in um that you guys that 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 coffee and you were at when I when I went, it was just it was different. Um it wasn't just okay, we ran and then that was it. There was like a purpose, there was some meditation, and you know, you had a uh, a speaker out there, it was informative, you know, it was it was it was an experience. And so what, what, what is it about running and what is it about you in particular that caused you to infuse that into, to what you're doing in this, this movement in this time that we're living in? So that you hit it right on the nose when you said the word experience, because that's exactly what it is. We always look to give people an experience because this is what life is about. Life is about having experiences. And a lot of times we're not allowed to have those experiences because of fear. So some people may not associate with a certain group because they heard, you know, these people are like this or maybe I don't fit with this, these people or that people. So we created our own thing where everybody was welcome. And that's kind of like how first the introduction has always been. It's like everybody's welcome. Just show up. There's mm-hmm. no fee you have to pay. It's all about just coming out and expecting the unexpected. Because yeah. when we expect so much things and it's like we put so much pressure, you just kind of got to just be free. And just allow the experience to happen. Don't stop yourself from having the experience. So with running, we're able to do that. We're able to bring people from all walks of life, go into different neighborhoods. We're able to talk about different things that are happening in the different communities. We Mm -hmm. like to educate people as to what's going on and use our platform to also bring awareness to social issues, which is something that I've always been an advocate about. So I use that with, hey, we have a bunch of people that are coming out. Let's talk about some real issues. Let's talk about things that maybe people don't normally have a conversation yeah. about because of whatever. But running is the icebreaker. Running is what we all love to do. And it, it allows us to already just be flowing. That's like exactly. a nice little hook, man. You got them there. <laughs> you have to. You know, I was, I, was, um, I, was, I was reading something about Bungie Carter and how um, in the Black Panther Party, how when he was he was in charge of that, that L.A., um, what he would do what he would do with, with his um, with his section or his chapter, he would do these parties 
and people would go to the parties, they would have a good time, and right in the middle of the party, he would stop the music and then start talking about the issues that are going on and educating people and putting people on. And it's like, right there, boom. The next day, they had like 12, 13 people lined up to sign up to join the Black Panthers. And that's kind of like how we have to do it. We have to use different things that we are already open to, yeah. to and, and then have these tough conversations that people haven't had or have been avoiding for way too long. Yeah. And, and we're relying on, on other people to change situations, but it's really all about us, right? We're the leaders that we've been waiting for, something that I always love to say because mm-hmm. it's important for people to see themselves as that, you know, yeah. not stop waiting around. You have the power to make change. And us as a people, as a community, we're able to come together and bring awareness to these issues that are important that have been, you know, suppressing our people, oppressing our people for so long. But this is nothing new. We've been using running in that way, like to bring awareness to mental health issues. You know, I'm also part of a boxing gym called Overthrow, and we use that as a platform as well. We have panel discussions inside the boxing ring. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about domestic violence issues. Um, we talk about mass incarceration, immigration, any opportunity that we can use because if we have people coming together, it's a waste if you're just doing an activity that you're just sweating and that's it. It's yeah. more like this is a bigger purpose. It's bigger than you and I. If mm-hmm. we've been afforded an opportunity to be able to bring people together, then how can we share information that's meaningful and allows people to realize what their purpose may be? Yeah, man. It was it was um the chances of finding a parking spot in New York City sometimes is slim. So I you know, coming down from Connecticut, I'm like, okay. I'm going to either try to find parking or I'm going to have to go to the garage. And I'm like the guy in the, um, I don't know if you, know, you pull up in, 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 in a lot, you know, you got to find a parking space. I always believe, yo, there's one close to the front. So I'm going to try to find a space close to the front. That's just my, that's just my mentality. So I'm like, okay, before I enter into a garage and for that commitment, I'm going to see if I can find me a space. I found a space like a block away from where we were meeting. And then it was like this mysterious thing that we were going to go to. No announcement. We're just going to go from here. We're going to make a stop. Okay, so we're making a stop. Group of people. What I noticed, so I I put myself in this frame of mind, like I want to just be open. Let me just see what's happening. You know, a diverse group of people. Okay, they got a megaphone. This guy's got a big afro. All right. Okay, fine. This is okay. There's, there's not a whole lot of talking. It's not about getting there first. We're getting, okay, it's not a race. Okay, I feel comfortable. You know, you get the, the kicks out. And then we end up like in front of Trump time, like, oh, snap. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is he coming outside? He's probably not coming outside. But mm-hmm. then we leave from there, you know, quietly. You know, you, you give a speech. I got it on tape. I'm like, yo, man, this is this. I'm glad I came. I'm like, I don't want to pull out the camera and just be recording, like, you know, I'm just recording it but I'm, I'm documenting the information then we got another street we're gonna go over to central park i'm like okay we i didn't know we were going to central park but we hit over there and then you got you guys got a speaker lined up to talk about you know seneca village yeah and they're doing meditation you know and then it's like okay this is cool i get lost in the park coming back I don't know where I'm at. I'm in Central Park. You know, if you take a long turn, you could be walking around there forever. My yeah. battery on my phone is going dead. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to get back to my car. Where am I parked? I know where I'm at. All right. So I walk around or whatever. But it, like you said, it was an experience. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I, I was I get curious about people and what yeah. causes people to to start down a, a certain path, you know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was curious as to what what caused you to start down this path of 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 you know fighting for like social injustice. You you got a group yeah. of, of young people that you're leading. They're on like right. the sixty sixth day of of you know civil right. protests. So what is it about you? So ever since I was young, I, I, as a teenager, I was always involved in bringing people together in my community. I was always like into advocating. Um, and by chance, uh, I got involved really like learning a little bit more about it when I started going to some rallies. Um, this was around... The Amadou Diallo um, case that was happening, um, I remember... Oh, you're I talking remember, way back, man. That's Yeah. I remember Al Sharpton, the, uh, that National Action Network, being very involved in a lot of different protests that were happening during that mm-hmm. time. Um, there were a lot of different um, police killings, and and what, what we're dealing with right now, it was, it was heavy then, and, and it's been going on forever. But I remember going to a couple of these rallies and then find, wanting to find out how I can get more involved. And so I actually started um, interning for the National Action Network and, um, and you know, picking up phone calls and taking down information. People were looking for representation. I would go to the meetings. Um, I was a teenager at that time. I was just trying to, like, figure out. Um, I was, like, about 14, um, 14, 15, just trying to figure out how I can, like, learn a little bit more about organizing um, my job was getting Al Sharpton macadamia nut cookies and milk, which was <laughs> and so that's wait a, how wait was, a second. I was you in charge of that. You just can't really you just can't gloss over it. Even just milk and cookies? Yeah, <laughs> Mac, Mac, the day? macadamia nut cookies, Pepper's Farm. Uh, and um and then uh and then go back to the to the room, they have me in a little conference room and I would just like pick up the calls and, and pick up, you know, and, and kind of like take notes and see mm-hmm. and then pass it over and see which, you know, who they're going to represent. But I learned, I learned um, um, a, a little bit more about the behind the scenes and yeah. and what, you know, what that entails. And so I've always had it. It's, it's something that I didn't just discover later on. It was something that I had, you know, since, since youth. You know, I was always like trying to fight for something. And I and I also was a victim of police brutality at mm. a young age, um, trying to, you know, celebrating July 4th. And I was like, well, this is why you shouldn't be celebrating July 4th. And it's kind of like a wake up call for me. And I look at things that happen in a deeper sense, why they happen. Mm. And so my brother and I um, got beat up pretty badly. My brother more, more so than I did. Nothing happened with that. Um, there was, a, you know, supposedly an investigation. They never got to find out who was the initial officer because it was July 4th. So they got cops from all different precincts converge in one area and you don't really know who's who, where they're mm-hmm. from. So by the time the person that got the collar um, took us to the to whoever they gave the collar to, I had no idea what the hell happened. He had nothing to do with the situation. So the person, so the people that initiated it mm-hmm. were nowhere to be found. So understanding that and then knowing that they weren't really doing any investigation, all of that stuff just continued to grew inside of me as to I need to get involved. I need to like help people fight for their rights. I need to figure out how can I get more involved in community organizing. Mm-hmm. And so from, from early on, it was always in me. And so this whole um, uh, doing exercise and, 
and, you know, the boxing aspect of it and this whole running movement, I always just looked at it as an opportunity to further that mission of uniting people by actually um, having people fight for what they believe in and being an advocate for social justice. Um, but I, I, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see you as like a, um, like a bitter, or it hasn't. It doesn't seem like it has soiled you. Where, where it's like you know, fuck the police. You know, what I mean, no. I I didn't get any of that. You know, yeah. there wasn't there wasn't this 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 vibe. You know, there wasn't this negativity. You put out like a, a lot of positive vibes throughout your on your page and information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of. of Okay, you're out there, you're talking, be careful what you say if you're approached mm-hmm. by the police yeah. because they have a way of maybe twisting your words. So it's it's not just sometimes you can have an interaction with um with the cops and it can it can leave you soiled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like feeling like, damn, why why did this happen? Yeah, absolutely. And I dealt with anxiety for a while after that incident happened. And I was bitter and I was angry. Um, so I didn't just get over it just like that. I actually started meditating. I started learning about meditation. I started learning about, you know, going within, um, dealing with the traumas that I have, um, learning about energy, learning about emotions and learning about the ego, um, uh, how we tend to want to hold on to certain things and certain traumas and being able to let go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did a lot of practicing and and I still do a lot of practicing, but that has allowed me to understand that, it's bigger than than myself. It's bigger yeah. than just one individual. It's it's us as a unit, as a as a a, fa- a universal family connected mm-hmm. with with different energy, different you know um, the trees and and just a lot of reading that I do and and knowing that I'm blessed to be here um, mm-hmm. with this body and being used as a vessel to help people. Um, through my experiences, through me yeah. being, through me using myself as a test as to how can, how, how do I deal with things? How can I help other people? Um, I know that meditation is a powerful tool because, um, yeah, I dealt with a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger and wanting to lash back. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to understand where that's coming from, understand how to let it go, yeah. understand how not to allow that to define me. Um, and still research and, and try to tap into my spirituality, something that we've all gotten away from um, through, throughout our lives with distractions and, mm-hmm. and, and how, you know, we put precedence into material things or um, outside forces to make you feel like you matter or you exist or, or you're worth something um, and turning more inner and finding that within myself and being able to bring that out. And that takes a lot of practice, and I know that it's, it's difficult. Um, I've been blessed to be introduced to it, mm-hmm. and, and as much as I can, I try to like you know share it with as much people as I can. So, and I do it in, in, in small increments because I know it's something that can be spooky to people when you start talking about spirituality, when you start talking about you know getting deep within yourself, and and getting and that all stems from the fear. The brain and nervous system not wanting to let go to an old way of being or an yeah. old habit. So it's, that's why it's constant practice. And so for me, that's what has helped me deal with those traumas. And then at the same time, I'm thankful because I'm able to share that with other people that have maybe dealt with 
traumas, but in a different way. And then mm-hmm. maybe this can help them. And um, and I find that me, I'm I'm grateful that I'm being used, and I pray that I can continue to be used as this vessel and as as a way that I can share with our people um, how to deal with these situations. Yeah. And it, it, it it becomes it's like chic now. You think about yoga and. In, in meditation, um, we had on the show um, a while back, a couple of years back, uh, Charlie Dark from Run Them Crew. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he was running and you know, yeah. he was a DJ, entertainer, similar sort of like path as yourself. Yeah. And now, you know, I've got to, you know, he said, now, you know, then I wanted something else. I wanted to, to, to do something else. And he started doing yoga. Mm. And I'm like, yo, yoga and meditation. I had another brother on, vegan runner. You know, he's got a meditation studio in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing all this yoga stuff. One day I decided, you know, I'm going to go to um, YMCA. YMCA's got a, uh, in there they got yoga in the class. They got spin cycles, whatever. It's down the block. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, I could run there and be there. So, okay, no excuse. I'm going to go to this yoga class. I got a yoga mat. You know, I get in the class, some white women in the class. I'm like, mm-hmm. yoga, how hard could yoga be? I'm the guy that's like, okay, you get to the class, go to the front of the class, sit down. You know, I'm not hanging out in the back. But I tell you, yoga is hard. Yeah. I didn't realize, yo, I could stretch, I could touch my 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 toes. But all of these poses, man, they were they were they were going ham, man. I was yeah. like, okay, I think I'm a I think I'm a exit because <laughs> I can't. I can't hang yeah, out, man. There's, there's different different styles, and um, and I've dabbled in, in in different kinds of yoga. One, the one that that I was attracted to the most was Kundalini. It was more of the spiritual one, um, mm-hmm. where you know it deals with the chakras and kind of like it does have poses, but not crazy poses. Um, I've done Bikram yoga as well. Um, I just think that the idea of being in the moment and being in the zone yeah. is that helps you with, and then so. That's why I say like it's good to if, if we can introduce it in small increments to our yeah, people. Then so it's not so overwhelming. To, yeah, because that's that's the thing. It's like a powerful tool, but you want to just you want to be able to introduce it so that as they start going along, then they can you know go deeper into it. Because I've made the mistake of trying to bring people on, and they're like, "What is this?" And then they don't even want to you know mess with it anymore because they get too freaked out or whatever. It's just. It's just it's, it could be a lot. It's, it could be a lot for people, but it is a powerful tool yeah. that uh, that I think our people can really benefit from um, the meditation aspect of it. Um, yeah. So when we do these protests throughout the city, you know, it's being led by by the youth, and so I always think of myself as as a youth and the people that I had around me that helped to guide me and to help me understand how I could deal with certain situations and. And that's what I do with these kids because mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, they are powerful beings that are leading this movement, yeah. but they also have not experienced a lot. So mm-hmm. they are still working on it and they're still learning. And so I approach it in that way as I'm, an, I'm like an uncle to them yeah. where I kind of give them tough love. You know, I try to like, you know, share th- certain things with mm-hmm. them, open them up, have them understand how, you know, they can deal with things. And and it's been beautiful because, you know, it's been over two months and the, the growth has been amazing. Like what I've seen in them and how they're able to, they're still practicing, mm-hmm. you know, how to remove their ego from situations so that 
they're able to communicate better. And, and but it's just a powerful thing just to have these kids. 17, I think the oldest is like 29 years old. And wow. it's like, they're, they're in it, you know? And it's like, I'm just fortunate, like I said, that I'm, that's all I ask is to be used in whatever capacity. And so mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I'm, I'm able to be out there and speak with them. And then also to like help facilitate, you know, different encounters with different people that can share things with them that yeah. I'm connected with. So I'm all about sharing my resources. That's another big thing that I like to advocate for because a lot of times people like to hoard resources. It's all based off of fear. They don't want to put people on to certain things. They think mm-hmm. that, you know, they might lose a position and, and it's just the, this mentality that yeah. we've been taught, and it's all based off of control because that's how they control us by making us think that there is an abundance and by making us think that somebody is out to take our position when there's like so much out there yeah. for everyone and we all have a role to play. And I think that this moment right now, that this, that this space that we're in, this uncertainty, if people embrace this, this unknown space, we'll be able to create a new because we're connected to a creative source. Yeah. And I'd like to say that to remind people that because we're created to this, we're connected to this creative source of energy, we are creators. And this unknown space of uncertainty mm-hmm. is an opportunity for us to create something new because it's been the same for so long. It's just been, you know, under new management, but it's been the same routine, the same system. And we have to like break that. Break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's, definitely. that's what we've been doing. You've been doing some, some, you're doing some powerful work, man. What I thought was, um, what struck me as interesting was, I, I don't know if you were expecting it, but I don't even think you knew it because he's, Coffee said it was like, you know, you, he, he's been patent, patterning in his life, you know, some of the work and things that he's been doing after you. Mm-hmm. And was that the first time you had heard that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that, you know, certain people come out and, and, you know, will connect, but it's never been as, at least for coffee. Like, uh, like it, it actually got me, like I was able to receive it and then be like so humbled about it because it was like really, it, it took me aback that he was able to share that with this group of people, you know, yeah. it's like somebody to come out publicly and say that. Um, and, and, and coffee is, is a beautiful brother. I mean, that's, that's like hearing his story and where he comes from and then how he uses his platform and then coming into the running and how he, he sees this as an opportunity to share with people and then calling me a, a mentor of sorts or someone that he looks up to. For me, once again, you know, I, I humble myself and I'm grateful and it just, it's a testament to what I'm doing at yeah. times when I may feel alone or where I may feel like it can be taxing because it does get taxing because it's not only physical, but it's also emotionally draining yeah. at times that when someone can acknowledge that and recognize that, it actually gives you a charge. A, a, bur- a boost, a burst yeah. of energy, man. Yeah. So, yeah I'm very that good. time that you spent with, um, you, you know, with, with Al Sharpton, you know, the influence that you had in being able to be around him, you know, I didn't recognize that you saw something in him immediately. Like I had an opportunity. Um, I was working at, at the time I was working at boys and girls high school in Brooklyn. Right. And I was asked to work over, you know, to, to, to put in some extra hours. There's a track coach, Mr. Jackson, the principal of the school was Mr. Mickens. Like I just knew Mr. Jackson, Mr. Mickens. Okay. They just, they just at the school. He was asked me, could I stay late to work on something for him? 
I was like, you know, he went through all this stuff. My, my question was, am I going to get paid? You know? And Mr. Jackson was like, do you know who Mickey is? Do you understand like the experience, the, the time, what you're going to get from just being around him and spending time in proximity to him? Do you understand what he's done? And I'm like, you know, he gave me this whole list of things, his accomplishments. You know, he used to be the principal at this at 324, and now he's here at Boys and Girls High School. He was a coach, you know, of, of, of the basketball team. He went through this list of things. And I was so, like, naive, man. After he finished this speech, I still had the question, so is this going to be, like, overtime rate or – it's just, is this, yeah. this going to be regular? I don't, I need to know. I mean, if I'm staying, he's like, oh, young kids don't get it, man. Yeah. But after spending time with him, I got it. It yeah. clicked. And when yeah. I tell you the, the experience that I spent working there with, with Mr. Mickens was the best four years of my life. I mean, I learned more working with him. It, yo, people called me over the loudspeaker, Mr. Oxley. Meanwhile, I had just graduated from the school. Like, mm-hmm. right? I'm a paraprofessional at the school. He's calling me over the loudspeaker, Mr. Oxley. Mr. Oxley, come downstairs. So I come downstairs, and, and it's like, yo, you got your car today? I'm like, do I have my car today? Yeah, I, I drove my car. Come here. We got to go and get glasses. Go and get glasses? Why are you, why, what are we going to get glasses for? But spending the time with him and seeing... And listening to him, he would he would be on the phone talking to people from the Board of Ed because he would close down the school and say, you can't come in here just dressing the old kind of way. You got to show up on time and we don't have metal detectors. So I'm checking your stuff. And he would have the security guards checking bags and stuff. Be on the phone with somebody from the Board of Ed. And they said, well, what, you know, what are you doing? He's like, well, if I had the metal detectors. I wouldn't have to check the bags. If this was Midwood, I wouldn't have to check the bags. Yo, and this is, this is, this is like impressionable. Like, I'm about to leave the office now. He's like, no, stay, stay, stay. Mm-hmm. You know, you gesture and stay so you can hear the conversation. I don't know that he's saying this so I could hear that. He's like, don't worry. Just stay here. This is going to help you later on in life. When I tell you, man... When I, when I, when I left from there and, and I was like, yo, Mick, I want to, I want I want to go... Thomas Jefferson, you know, I want to want to venture out. I had an opportunity, you know, do a different, different role, different position at this, this school. And spending time with him, he was like, yo, you know, you can't come back. The prince, the assistant principal was like, you know, he's just kidding. If it doesn't work out over there, you're always welcome back here. No problem. When I started sewing and stuff, I knew Mick wore bow ties. I came back and was like, yo, this is for you, whatever you want. Derek, I don't know nothing about sewing pick, pick out some ties. <laughs> But spending the time with him, man, is what made me just kind of believe like like anything is 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 possible. It doesn't have to be this way. If you put in the time, you put in the work, mm-hmm. you're making a difference. And those kids, those 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 people that you're interacting with, they're gonna remember you. They go, yeah. you're making a difference in their mm-hmm. life. You you're making an impact. I mean, when I, when I think mm-hmm. about it, I'm like, yo, yeah. These protests, 66 days. Mm-hmm. You're making a difference, man. They're going to be sitting around there talking about, just don't have them go and get macadamia and chocolate chip cookies for you. I don't know what your <laughs> wife is there. <laughs> I got to get them on the health tip, though. That, that, that is one, one of the, the things that I'm slowly, you know, 
pushing pushing them towards you know getting a little healthier and their eating choices so oh, they properly fuel their bodies you know it's a blessing man you are a blessing to the running community man we can continue to follow your journey what is next for you tell people where they can find you yeah so um i'm connecting with a, a good friend that is connected with uh what's going on in chile and so we are working on doing an exchange program where some of the youth that are leading um these protests will be able to kind of do like an exchange program where they can go out to Chile, learn a little bit from the organizers out there because they're actually um, in the verge of creating a whole new constitution. They've been protesting and they uh, they were able to actually get this where it's, it's, it's going to happen. I'm, we're not sure exactly when, but mm-hmm. maybe in October because they're due to the COVID situation. But then they can bring also some, some of the, the people from out there over here and kind of like we're working on that we're working on stuff in puerto rico um there's a, a, a elder that donated uh, about 70 acres of land mm. to to uh for uh getting kids to learn about agriculture um being self-sufficient mm-hmm. getting back to growing um uh, uh solar energy and so we're working, we're working on doing an exchange program there as well. So we're doing these different um, projects, but they all are tied together. Um, locally in New York City, over 35, about 35 council members are, um, the seats are up. So there's going to be an opportunity to actually shift the New York City government along with the mayor. So we're going to be doing um, some workshops around how we can like, highlight some of the people and which ones are going to be the ones that we're going to support. And then doing town halls locally in different communities as to asking the people what they want and then having these people represent that and then um, move from there little by little, just continuing on with this movement, just pivoting a little bit. Um, the protesting will continue but more so now doing these um, concentrated mm-hmm. efforts in the community to try to educate people more as to why this is really an important time for them. Absolutely, man. So y'all can follow Power Malu oh, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Power Malu on Instagram, P-O-W-E-R-M-A-L-U. That's usually the most, what, what I use the most. I'm on Twitter as well on Facebook. But, so uh, what is Malu? You were telling me about Malu. So, oh, yeah. So so Malu is derived from one of my favorite football players named Troy Polo Malu. Um, he's a Pittsburgh. He was a Pittsburgh Steeler. He was a humanitarian. He was a beast on the field. Mm-hmm. But he always made it about the service and not about himself. So he used this platform of football to get notoriety, whatever he got that notoriety. But his biggest thing was also always giving back. So education, always giving back within his community. And so I always saw that as somebody that is using their platform for good. Um, Mm -hmm. And so so that name, uh, Malu, I took as, I used power and then added Malu to it. So it became Power Malu. And that kind of like was something that I was, using for several years where people knew me as that and I and I just stood with it. That's all right, man. 
We're going to close out with this, man. Thank you so much for being here. The sounds in the background is from my man, Power Malu. You can check I out. I bet you. I bet you. Yeah, shot that in Brazil. So shout out to Sao Paulo. Shot in Brazil? Yeah, shout out to Sao Paulo, Brazil, the favelas out there. That's what's up, man. I mean, it's been a pleasure. I certainly appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're doing the circuit. I'm glad that you stopped by Behind the Wheel podcast, and we look forward to seeing what else is coming down in your future, man. Excited. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All this night, All right. My rhymes sometimes are disgusting When my neurons do run I even think I'm bugging My responses can be full of aggression I get writer's block Cause my words are afraid I might express them My lyrics are my weapons Don't need a Smith & Wesson I'll kill you with this track This how I make my impression Convert lyrics from ideas Like an illusionist A magician Leave you missing Like you don't even exist In one line I'll break you Murder you with these flows Leave you exposed So that everybody knows And the next line can save you If your name is set you can be resurrected, but I'll bury you instead And that's part of my art, you know I'm referring to you There's obvious clues, so don't act like you're confused I won't mention your name, not to avoid a dispute I'd rather not make you famous when they never heard of you Drug dealer moving bricks and pounds On the run from the cops and you're letting off rounds But I know where you from and you've been born It's all a fantasy like unicorns I don't care that you imagine having all these enemies But it bothers me to see these kids don't know you make believe You're not a hitman for hire, you're nothing but a liar You never had a prior and you probably wear a wire Never struggled in your life, weren't raised in the hood Always food on your plate, you always had it good If people in the Congo had your opportunity they probably graduate from great universities Ever heard of Central Africa? I'll take you on a tour You become a Christian rapper after witnessing the war Your little rapping outfit and your tough guy chain Won't protect you, they'll melt from the sun's hot flames Or maybe I'll take you to Syria where you can feel the bombs And how they left the little boys and girls with no arms What if your brother gets approached and stomped like a roach Or a thug in a club pulls a gun on your son Or if your mother moves slow and doesn't do what they say And with no remorse they rap the AK spray. Are you an idiot rapping about Lee Jets and G4s in a country where they murder for a dollar they can't afford? I bet you, I bet you, after this song, they all gonna forget you. I bet you, I bet you, when you're gone, they all gonna forget you. I bet you, I bet you, after this song, they all gonna forget you. I bet you, I bet you, when you're gone, they all gonna forget you. (laughs) 